Welcome to The Unfocused Writer, the podcast for unfocused writers by unfocused writers with your hosts, Christopher Robin and Christy Walter. In this season's weekly episodes, we'll talk about everything from our not-so-fancy writing offices to our unfocused writing lives while parenting, attempting recovery, and dealing with every other aspect and challenge of our daily lives. On with the show! So, welcome. Sorry for our lack of focus, but... uh... We're just kind of living our lives. And That's why we're called the Unfocused Just leave me alone, lady. Welcome to Sally Prague this morning. Thank you. Our friend and writer, editor, and brilliant woman of the earth. What is happening? <laughs> don't mind me. Wow. It's like a... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love yes. that. I love that. No, you can carry on. If you <laughs> I wanted to give her a very nice introduction. What are we talking about today, Chris? <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you. Well, well, Christy, I think the last we <laughs> talked about it, we were going to go with how we communicate through our writing. Yes. So many of us really need that medium to clarify our thoughts or whatever. And I found over the years, I can communicate with others better after I hash out those thoughts in writing. I always used to say that I could not that I I am not someone who could speak communicate to someone through my through speaking that I had to get it out in words that my brain is the words are too jumbled up in my brain and they they go around too you know what example right here listen to me I am like blah 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 blah, blah. like I feel like I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher to the world when I speak outwardly but when I, I feel like when I get my words down on quote paper, um, they come out eloquently. Where when I talk out loud, it's just a mess. It's just chaotic, and I can't really make the the thoughts connect the way I want to. But when I write, I can really make it sound profound. Is that true or is it just perception? I don't know. Why are you staring at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to interrupt, but I completely relate. I mean, that is exactly, it's like I'm listening to myself talking now. I mean, years back, I would be in these kind of confrontations with people and I wouldn't know what to say, wouldn't have the words there to say, but I could go away and write them really easily. Yeah. I have a thought. And that is, Christy, you and I have been working a lot, not together, separately, on um, different parts of our recovery in therapy and all this stuff. And part of that is communicating clearly. And I think I used to lean on writing more than I do now. What about you? 
Yes. I I do. In fact, I told you about something I was working on in therapy, Chris, and I have to I have to grab my notebook. Okay. So, in therapy, just on Friday night, we had this exercise to do, and I I told Chris a little bit about this, but um the exercise she gave us a list of things to choose from that were um, we could either choose from a list of adding to dysfunctional themes or supporting functional themes in our life. And I chose, uh, and she wanted us to write a little something about it. Like something that we could relate to. And I supported something in the supporting functional themes column, and it was confidence in communication. And this is what I wrote. I can remember that I am not as small as my inner voices lead me to believe. I am strong in my convictions, a brilliant communicator, and can stand my ground when and where I need to. Use my voice. And when I read that aloud in therapy, um, she she stopped and she said, "That is, that's a mantra, Christy. She said, you need to... She's like, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I would recommend you read that this over the weekend over and over again. Read it every hour or 10 times in the day. Read it to yourself as much as you can. She's like, this, this should be your personal mantra. Um, she said, because that is so powerful for you. She's like, I, when you read that, it was like the energy just poured off you and meant so much. And as a communicator, I mean, as writers, we are communicators. And I just, I really did feel it. I felt it so strongly. And I don't know why it is that so many writers, um, dismiss their outer voice and and use their writing voice as a crutch because we do have a lot to say so why do we use our our writing voice as a crutch why can't we fear it's always fear and it's always imposter syndrome and all those same things Literally, I used to feel like I was mute. Like I just didn't have, I was shy. I didn't have the words that I wanted to say when I wanted to speak them. Um, I, I do use my voice a lot more than I ever used to. And I do speak a lot more eloquently than I ever used to. Chris, you kind of disappeared for a moment there. That was really weird. Did you notice that, Christy? Like literally, he <laughs> seemed to disappear <laughs> and then reappear. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's leaning over. Um, and I think actually through, I don't know whether it's through writing, whether it's through deciding that I can communicate any way I like because I, because I can communicate through the written word, I 
started to believe in myself. I don't know, but something yeah, shifted. I, I like that thought because um, it was basically that your writing allowed you to find your audible voice, your verbal voice. Sally, we had Preeti on last week. Actually, it was just this past Monday. The episode hasn't aired yet, but the idea came up where you have to get these things out of your head. So we were talking about, uh, what was it, Christy, pebble meditation? How you carry a pebble around in your pocket and you talk to it all day long and then you throw it in a creek and it takes all your secrets with you. Mm hmm Okay, Sally, I have a question. Are you 100% honest to your journal? Um, that is a hard question. I'm probably not, to be fair. I probably am sometimes 100% honest, and sometimes it's me stepping into who I wish I could be and writing as if something you know as if I'm the better version of me <laughs> that I really perceive do we think that's a bad thing though communicating to yourself as if you are the better version of what you want to be yeah I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's, I think that's what we're always sort of striving. I mean, if we always lived and did everything that we do, wrote as we believe that we, or as we perceive ourselves to be, then we probably wouldn't be yeah. such good writers. Chris, how do you approach your journal? Because I know you're a big journalist. Journalist? Hmm journaler <laughs> i already know that i'm not 100 percent honest with it but i know that because do you, do you ever write something and i, I guess i don't it, it doesn't matter if it's in a journal or if it's an article you're writing and you get out a thought and maybe you you edit something out or you leave something out or you just omit an idea, but you know, it's there. So I have this fascination with journaling in particular and knowing that there are words between your words. Yeah. Same here. I'm afraid of people seeing my journal. Like, I know what I was thinking. Well, that's that's my next question. Like, is it a fear of somebody reading it? Or are you having trouble being honest with yourself or something? I don't know. There's a, a million different reasons. I go in and out of journaling. And for me, I'm afraid of people seeing my journal. Um, and so I write with the words between the words. I know it's there, but I try to keep it a little vague if if I'm writing about something super personal. 
um, and their code words and stuff, <laughs> which I wish I could yeah. be completely honest, you know, when I'm writing, but <clears throat> you know, it, there are certain situations where I, you know, I want to write about things, but I feel like if someone saw them, there would be explaining yeah. to do. Okay. I mean, I've, I have written all of those things that would mortify me if someone saw them um, and then kept them like hidden. <laughs> you know, I think there was one, one time I went on holiday to my sister's place in France and mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I wrote like this wad of just A4 papers. You probably yeah. don't call them A4, but large you do okay um yeah yeah we do yeah, I, I had do. this wad of a4 papers because i didn't have like a book with me but i was just writing and writing and writing and i do remember then thinking you know having to hide yeah. it because yeah. i was somewhere in someone else's house and my only way of like getting it somewhere was to stuff it in my case and or you know hide it under a, a mat in the car or something like that yeah, it was really like <laughs> this can't be seen but I was completely honest because I needed to get these words out yeah have you ever used anything from your journal in your um published writing yeah yeah um <clears throat> I think early on I would sometimes just go and get a, a poem that I'd written in my journal and publish it um and then I think I was doing this um, kind of this exercise. No, I've never. <laughs> Diary 1984 thing. That was all completely made up, actually. <laughs> Anything that I wrote. But I know that yours came from your actual diary, didn't it? Uh, wait. All right, okay. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> She's lying. No, I do. I do have a journal, though, from that time. It's just buried in the okay. garage. And my journal's probably even better. Honestly, but mine, it's it's not so much. Oh, he and she did that. He and she did that. Mine is much more filled with like um, every different page is about a different boy. And um, and then further in it's just about rage poetry and <laughs> all sorts of dramatic stuff so yeah anyway, no, I'm just saying I, I I think I sort of did some exercises uh, some journaling exercises which I then kind of oh yeah no I I did I did write something that was like a seven days of journaling thing at some point that was taken directly from my journal but otherwise I yeah no everything I write is from scratch it's it's memories that suddenly need to be written or uh you know just me emptying my head Chris uses fountain pens do you ever write with a special pen or anything like that um no not I mean I've I've sort of bought pretty pens to use and then realized that I use them up really quickly um but yeah never a fountain pen I you have special books that you like that you prefer 
yeah I mean I I have to be kept out of stationery shops because I <laughs> just love buying notebooks yes and, <laughs> and so I I yeah I mean I generally have a, a really nice like either a leather leather covered book or just something I've picked up that has pretty pictures all over it what is it about writers and journals I mean I have so many and a lot of empty ones too that I haven't used but I just love journals love them there's something romantic about having that pristine notebook with endless possibilities and you know blank pages that will contain maybe the next great novel I mean who mm-hmm. knows what it is I could be given a notebook as a gift anytime and I'd be like oh my god this is the best thing in the world yeah <laughs> you know what it wouldn't matter and that's the kind of thing my daughters will buy me for birthday or Christmas yeah. they know what I like and so I have beautiful books notebooks just waiting to be used because it feels but like part true. of I mean, you You're putting yourself yeah. into these yeah. books. You're pouring your soul into them, even just fractions of it. Mm. Yeah, totally. And it needs to be kept somewhere because like that time that I just wrote everything on A4 pieces of paper, really, they needed to be bound together in a beautiful way. And there was another time when, and I wrote about it, when I ended up in hospital with my daughter and I had no idea we were going to be staying for four days. Um, so, and I didn't have anything to read. Sorry about dog. Um, I didn't have anything to read or write in. Um, and so I went to the, the hospital shop and I just bought this kind of really ugly notepad, just functional notepad, just so I could write, you know. But it, what it really needed was to be put into a beautiful notebook. You know, it it didn't, it wasn't the same, but it, I had to write. So did you keep it? It was. Um, I did at the time, but I don't have it now. I don't, no idea where it is. Yeah, I've moved so many times that things just don't really get looked after very well like that. I think it was maybe last year or the year before. This is relatively recent. Um, let me let me figure out how to say this. Uh, <laughs> I I should I should I've already written about it, but it was a year ago, and it's probably twelve notebooks ago, you know. Um, but um, I was having a conversation with my wife and I was having a really hard time communicating with her. And I asked her, I said, can I just write this for you? And she was like, you can, if it helps you get it straight in your head, but I'm not going to read it because that leaves too much open to interpretation. You need to read it to me and we can talk about it. And that like scared the living shit out of me because I had to actually communicate. 
So I thought that was an interesting yeah. story. That's interesting. But that's, I mean, the fact that you could read it to her, though, that's but, a little did, better. Did you read it to her? I never did it because by the time I wrote it, and organ, I probably, no, I didn't chicken out. By the time I wrote it and um, kind of calmed my own fears and wrapped my head the whole way around it, I didn't need to read it. I kind of knew what I wanted to say. I think I've had that that conversation before as well. I think I've asked someone um, who I've needed to have a serious conversation with, can I write this out? And I've had this, a similar response. No, <laughs> people don't like that. Um, right. And my wife is direct writers, and forward or, or and she'll tell me exactly writers. what's on her I mind. They don't. I they just want to have a direct conversation. In that at all. I was like, how can you be so confident and so um, aware, so self-aware of your own feelings and emotions that you don't have to process them before they come out? I'm the opposite. Sally, what makes you an unfocused writer? Where's my list? Um, <laughs> life. I mean, there's a lot going on in my life. There's people always needing something. There's drama that I'm, you know, trying to kind of be some level of support with. Um, dogs needing, cats needing things uh yeah i mean it's it's distractions um so and sometimes you know my best writing time is like the morning <clears throat> i can be really focused but then i'll get really annoyed at myself because i'll have spent so long getting into my writing and being really focused that the days kind of run away and then i feel like i actually wanted to be writing later in the day and I don't have time to write later in the day now. so it's yeah I think it's sometimes wanting to be really efficient with my time but writing actually needs you need, needs the space um to be allowed to flow and so it's the the kind of clash between my creative drive, um, yeah, my natural creativity and life. So, yeah, I don't know if that made any sense, but. I think, okay, we just talked about um, communication with other people, communication with ourselves. What about communication with the writing community? I mean, we've got social media, we've got writing platforms. How do we feel about that? Do we find it's effective? Is it just sort of surface communication? Um, what's our feeling about I it? I don't use it enough. <laughs> I don't get on social media enough, but I do like having that connection with other writers. Like say on Twitter, I like that kind of banter, I suppose, that ability to connect with people outside of 
the written word, which is, I guess, a little bit, I mean, it is, it's two-dimensional. And when you get onto other platforms, I mean, obviously Twitter is only, it's mostly only text that people use, but you're seeing little snippets of people's thoughts coming out um, and having little conversations. And then, um, you know, on Instagram, you can actually see people's reels, stories where it becomes it comes a little bit more to life. And I think it's it's funny. You're right, because that's a completely different experience when you're interacting with somebody live like that or not not live, but more or less in real time compared to just reading each other's stories. Um, when I first got on Twitter, it was a completely, it was like, you're knowing, you're getting to know these people in all new ways other than reading their stories. I guess the community feels to me like quite a strong community. And so having that ability to connect with people um, and communicate with people outside of the stories that we write, that we like carefully um word put together edit that's kind of what twitter is publish on you know that's kind of one level of communicating what's going on in our heads but then kind of taking it to another level and just having a bit of a laugh or um lightning it's like it's this like fun little playground where you're just I don't know, having a good time. It's the playground at school and you're just, that's where you're building your community really, I think. And Instagram, I know Chris isn't on Instagram, but Instagram is really where you see little snippets of their lives, a little more than promotional stuff or or the goofy sense of humor banter. Um, Instagram isn't so much banter. It's more pictures and reels and you see pictures from their lives, pets and children and personal little things. Um, so that's a lot of fun also when you're following other writers there, I think. They just kind of come to life yeah. more. Yeah, and and like you, yeah, it is that connection as well. That more, um, more in the moment, more kind of instantaneous kind of way of connecting with people, you know. Because there's there's writers I read on Medium who are obviously really busy and they've got quite a following, and I might comment, and they may or may not respond. Um, and there's, you know, the conversation may or may not happen, but they may well behave completely differently on Instagram. And I will comment on something and they, there will be this really lovely conversation that then kind of follows, which to me just, I guess it's just a little bit life affirming, really. It makes you feel like yeah 
like I've got friends in this space it's not just it's not just putting stuff out there and hoping people will read it and then responding to comments or or not if actually you don't have time well that's interesting too because um going back to what we were talking about a little bit ago um this is when i first started i started with uh one particular therapist just about a year ago and uh i started and she's in south africa right so there was no face to face we weren't sitting down and having a real conversation we had to do it via google or zoom or whatever and in between our meetings she would have me send daily updates and stuff to her which was fine but after a few few days a few weeks i can't remember now she said you're going to stop doing that you need to speak to me because writers edit too much <laughs> it's like you're shaping what goes out into the world you're you're in a way manipulating how this message is received so that that little uh nugget mm. may not fit here but it occurred to me earlier and i wanted to get it out because i thought it was so important regarding communication i found what what sally said interesting because um i have very few friends in real life i mean there are friends i grew up with back home and all that but pretty much one good friend and you know my friends exist in the internet <laughs> you know my friends are my writer friends and my friends live within this writing community community and i don't know if that's healthy or not but for me it must be healthy because i get something from it and it builds my confidence and I enjoy the people and it fulfills my day. I'm not obsessive about it. I'm not, um, you know, it's not an unhealthy, you know, it's not like, Ooh, my, and my internet friends, my internet friends, you know, like that kind of thing when people first started on the internet, but it, like you guys and I know our Slack friends and um, you're my friends, you know, you're the people who I look forward to talking to every day. And sometimes we don't talk every day, you know, sometimes you mean to maintain those relationships, things, but um, this is, you could, are my writing friends online are who I communicate with. Yeah. I mean, even friends that I have from childhood pretty much only exist on the internet for me now anyway. And, you know, and some of these friends... Oh, okay, I won't... Okay, not only on the internet. I've got other friends who don't even really use WhatsApp or anything like that. And I will see them once a year or once every two years or once every four years and it's like 
I think those connections, you don't need, there are some people you just don't need to be in constant communication with. And it really doesn't matter if you don't see them in person that often. To maintain those relationships, yeah, like no one, no one cares if you don't, (laughs) if you don't communicate for a year. and yeah, for me, the the fact that I have people that I communicate with online and I can not speak to them for a week or two weeks and then I can go, oh God, I really feel like messaging them and seeing how they are. And you pick up the phone and it's instant and it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's reassuring, it's, yeah, it's just lovely. It's it's easy. Christy and I have had a conversation before about how the communication between writers and getting to know each other through our writing is actually accelerated because of how personal it could be. And I was telling her a few weeks ago that um, I got a message from one of my real life friends, I have about four real life friends left, but they've kind of all moved away. Like one lives up in um, Northern Pennsylvania. Another one lives in South Carolina. I only see them once a year. And um, I got a group message from them and I was like, eh, okay. I'd I'd rather talk to my writing friends. (laughs) I just feel closer to my writing friends sometimes. Oh, they're going to hear this. No, they're not. <laughs> they might. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, Chris and I talk daily now, and it's just like, I mean, Talking obviously we have all these projects. One of our editors the other day. I, I mentioned her a couple of weeks ago, Christy. I was messaging with Michelle, and I after I had read one of her pieces about, um, what was it? She was trying to get a bunch of her friends together for, like, pizza. She was trying to have, like, an open house for just having her friends over for pizza once in a while and it never works. So I guess it makes sense technologically that this is kind of how we interact and communicate now, as opposed to trying to get your shit together to get together with people. It's hard. We're busier now. We're so distracted or unfocused, or is it just, that's how relationships are as you get older. Freedom with the internet to to work whenever we want or to um, to build our lives around everything else we do. And so actually I will fill my time with spending time writing online. Um, and so actually to meet people in person, I have to kind of take time out from my my writing time like if Wednesday evening is a night that I can sit and write and then Wednesday evening is the only night that I could go out and meet someone (laughs) that's a big sacrifice for me (laughs) I could sit and write for the evening and I could message someone so I would be getting (laughs) both you know killing two birds with one stone even though I don't like that phrase it is. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's the convenience of the internet has kind of taken over, but I also don't think it's a bad thing because like you said, like I have really good friends that I've never met in person. I mean, you two, for instance, but people that I've known way longer than you guys who I've never met in person, but they feel like really close friends. Sally, who are you outside yeah. of writing? I don't think I exist outside of... No, I... Okay, I'm a mother. Um, I... Uh, am I anything else? <laughs> I'm a sister. <laughs> I, um, I... I play a bit of music. I am a, I'm a traveller. You know that. I love exploring. I love... I love nature. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, a per if you were to ask my kids, they'd probably give you a much better answer. Um, but, you know, I suppose to each different person I interact with, I'm a different person. Um, but I have a bunch of roles in my life that I that I have to fill, and I guess yeah, I'm I'm at that stage in life where I've got a lot going on with kids, um, and that is my main focus. So I think really being a mother is my main role in life, and yeah. Again, it, it's, it, it does make me think, well, it's subjective to whoever. I think it's also the fact that we, we are whoever we are in the moment. And because honestly, at the moment, writing is my escape. So I am, you know, doing the things that I have to do in my life, like take care of kids, take care of a house, look after dogs, um, makes, uh, I mean, I'm a coach for, I do some social media coaching as well. Um, but, but other than that, you know, that's my kind of money making. <laughs> and then outside of that, I am a writer because it's what fills me as a person. Do you have any specific goals with your writing or are you happy with where you're at? What? Um, I mean, I am working towards, yeah, my goal is to make a full-time income from writing. Um, but that, you know, that may well include publishing. I mean, I've kind of got uh, an idea that is taking seed with a friend to to kind of create some kind of publishing entity um mm -hmm. and this you know it, it, we, we've really only been talking about it for the last 10 days or something so it's very very new but yeah I mean the idea is to kind of be building my full-time income in the writing and publishing space um, and where can we find your work? 
online well or offline <laughs> well on medium is mm-hmm. the you know is where all my personal essays and and whatnot are um and in time to come I intend to have at least one fiction book out and you know maybe more Mm. um awesome yeah you have to keep us updated on that yeah of course so are we going to hear a story from sally it's story time you want me to read one Not read. We want you to tell it. No, we want you to tell <laughs> one that you've written about. Oh, right. Tell one that I've written about. Okay, because you did say mm-hmm. to um, sort of choose one of my stories. So the one, well, I was kind of, there were two that I've written recently that I really enjoyed writing about. One was my trapped in story. I don't know if you've read either of these the trapped in story and then the one about a red telephone box that was being kind of dangled outside my my house (laughs) I was sort of yeah um we'll let you choose you choose oh yeah I'll do the the trapped in one Um, okay yeah so oh the one about the landlady yeah 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 nice (laughs) okay we're settling in okay i've got my pretend fire going okay nice so (laughs) um so yeah i mean i'll kind of go back to sort of the fact that this was your prompt christy Mm -hmm. um, for the month and actually i was really struggling to think of any time that I'd been trapped in somewhere that was really worth writing about. And then um, I was reading someone else's story of being trapped in their garage and having to do some kind of weird acrobatics to read a number on um, on their garage door. And I, of course, it brought back this memory because this place I was trapped in was kind of part of the garage but sectioned off from the main garage and um basically what had happened was we we didn't have a permanent home so we were kind of moving from place to place but it's an area where I live it's quite hard to find places to rent um and we put an advert up so this was me and my ex-partner and our two little girls yeah how long ago was this if you don't mind this would have been hang on okay. 2008 2007 in my written piece but it was 2008 because it was spring the year that my younger daughter would have turned three um but she was two and a half at the time and my elder daughter was five and had just started at um a local school she wasn't very happy but that's beside the point <laughs> <laughs> with that trying to settle her um 
and you know we we had put some adverts up and this woman had responded to the advert um saying that she had a, a couple of rooms at the top of her house to rent um and it all seemed like it was going to work perfectly and I was thinking yes great now I can really get my daughter settled in school and we can just you know live somewhere beautiful because it was in a really beautiful place um and start to put some roots down um but she kind of the landlady turned very weird on us very quickly and I don't really know what it was that triggered it. I really, you know, I, I still try and wrap my brains and think, did something happen that made her mad at me? Because I can't put my finger on it. But something did. And she just kind of walked around like she had this kind of thundercloud over her head. And, you know, and then you're kind of tip, tiptoeing around someone like that. Um, and then she freaked out at me because I had mentioned that my mother was going to come and stay for a night. Oh. And, and that was the point that I just went, I can't stay here any longer. And I'm not very good at dealing with confrontation. You're in good company so there too. I decided the best. Yeah. I decided the best thing to do, I did, I had this lovely old 1978 VW camper van at the time. Cool. <laughs> so much. And so I thought, right, I'm just going to pack our things in the van and we're just going to get them. So my mum did come and stay and literally the atmosphere in the house was ice cold. Um, packed my stuff in the van and we went off to this campsite and it was a long weekend um so we stayed for the long weekend on the campsite and i decided then that it was so nice being out of that house where the atmosphere was horrible that i was just going to go and pack all our belongings and get out and so my partner wasn't helping with this because he had a broken ankle at the time so i dropped my daughter my elder daughter at school went to the house knowing that the landlady would be at work packed all our stuff into the van and it took a while but i was really anxious to get it done before she came home from work and of course i thought well i'll use the washing machine while i'm there and this washing machine was in this kind of laundry room with a locking door and you had to prop the door open because the key was on the outside oh. and i set the wash to go and we were all ready to go. I was just waiting for the wash to finish. And then uh, I went in to go and get the, the clothes when they'd finished, when the wash had finished. Went in there really excitedly, completely forgot about the door. The door slammed shut. And I was in there with my daughter, who was two and a half, going, oh my God, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Am I going to have to wait for this landlady to come back and let me out? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> worst situation to be in. Um, and then I spotted this ladder. And it was a, it, these beams in this kind of garage barn thing were really high. But this ladder was leaning up against the beam. And I know how light ladders are. So I thought, well, actually, I could 
probably climb up there and then lift the ladder over the partition and put it down on the other side. Oh no. So I did. And it was it was horrible, not because I was scared of falling particularly, but I hated having to leave my daughter down there. Right. And then like climb up and then be on the other side when she was locked in and I was not. And I kept having to kind of reassure myself that it's going to be all right. I'm going to let her out and it'll be fine. But yeah, that was the thing that really, really freaked me out. Oh my God. <laughs> so you got down the other side and everything was fine? You you unlocked the door? I unlocked the door. We got our clothes. We got in the van and we left. And I never saw this woman face to face again. I spotted her once, I think maybe in the, in a supermarket car park somewhere. I remember seeing her from a distance and thinking like staying away from her. But literally we were just out of there and never went back. Did you have to talk to her on the phone? No, that was okay. it. There wasn't, had, hadn't put a deposit down or anything. Literally, we just paid some rent. I think we paid for a month. Wait, um, so did she live in the house with you? Yeah. So that's how it worked. Like she kind of had her own space and you lived there too. On the top floor of her okay. house. Okay, yeah. okay. So, And I, I was just glancing at your piece. Did I read that right? She was a nude model? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was because she, I mean, this place was obviously worth a lot of money and it was on the market and it wasn't selling. So I don't know. I think she had money troubles um, and was desperate to sell the house. So that might have been one of the reasons why she was, it would get in a foul temper. That's... I don't know. Um, but yeah, there were photos of her around the house as well. So. You know what? My ex-husband and I used to rent a place from a former Playboy bunny. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had an art teacher at school that had been a Playboy bunny. Mm -hmm. And um, my sister had the same art teacher and some kids in my sister's class found some photos of this woman left them on her desk at the start of class oh she walked in and she saw them and she burst into tears and ran out oh that's horrible <laughs> i know well, see you really never know where this show's gonna go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> we loved having you you'll have to join us again well yeah Sure, I'd love to. We um, can we link your story or put it in the show notes? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll talk to you about that after this. But we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah. we will see you again. Oh, thank you. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's been really fun. Bye bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Unfocused Writer. For show notes and extras, visit theunfocusedwriter.com. Production and post-production provided by The Tranquil Tavern. Until next time, stay focused. <laughs>